Today we're going to begin a brand new series called Endgame. It's a series about the signs of the times. How many know we're living in what the Bible calls the last days? The Bible describes in vivid detail the signs of the times. The Bible painted a picture of the very days that we are living in right now thousands of years ago. Yeah, long before they actually happened. Well, today I'm going to talk about three things, and as they relate to our series. First thing I want to talk to you about today is I want to talk about the facts. We're going to talk about the facts. And I want us to read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. We're going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It should be on the screen this morning. And there we're going to discover the facts. Paul, writing to young Timothy, he says to him, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, say the last days. Yeah, in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride. They will love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Here's what I know this morning. That is what was prophesied to happen is happening. Would you agree with me this morning? What was prophesied to happen is happening. You can go down the list that we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, one by one, and you can see clearly that what was prophesied over 2,000 years ago is happening today before our very eyes. Timmy, Paul writes, in the, in the last days, there's going to be, they will be very difficult times. Some synonyms of the word difficult are demanding complex, serious, troublesome, vexing, trying, wearisome. Does this describe the days that we are living in? Has the pandemic brought with it difficult times? Next on the list as a sign of the times is people loving only themselves and their money. I ask you this morning, have you ever experienced a more selfish time than the time we're living? I, me, and my are the average American's three main concerns. My rights, how it makes me feel, what's in it for for me? Oh, we hear this day after day, hour after hour. Let me ask you this this morning, is money a big deal today? People literally sell their soul for more of it. Next on the list is boasting and pride. Have you ever, have you seen any of this displayed in our world? I'm right and you're wrong is the theme of the day. Next on the list is scoffing at God. 
considering nothing sacred, literally hating what is good. Listen, morality and common sense and decency has literally been thrown out the window. Why, some, some people today can't even tell the difference between male and female. Oh, we now get to choose how we want to identify. No need to be a peeping Tom. Just identify as the opposite sex and then go into their bathroom. Really? Really? How sick is that? How utterly absurd is that? Let me ask you this morning, how did we get here? It's a a sign of the times. A sign of the times. The rest of the list is unloving and unforgiving, slander and no self-control, cruelty and hatred, betrayal of friends. Facebook is divided and destroyed. Too many friendships. Even church members banter back and forth on Facebook. No wonder the world wants no part of us. The list continues. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Well, are we there there? Are we there now? Oh, too many saints today try to fit God in somewhere in their lives rather than make him, making him top priority. And last on the list is they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Too many people today want the promise of heaven without the practice of holiness. They want religion, but they do not want a relationship. They want salvation, but not sanctification. Oh, 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 today, just give me enough Jesus to get me into heaven. Just give me enough Jesus to keep me out of hell. Talking about the facts right now, and this is a fact. What was prophesied to happen is happening. And what is the reaction? The reaction is some people panic and some people pray. Some are panicking and some are praying. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 and verse number 26, Jesus said people will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. Jesus said in the end days, in the end times, people's hearts will fail them for fear. There has been unprecedented fear and anxiety in the world the past 18 months. With COVID and the pandemic and the sheltering in place with the vaccine and all the conspiracy theories with with the presidential election and all of its drama, with racial tension and, and the riots, with the intense persecution and barbaric bloodshed in Afghanistan, with the devastation of recent hurricanes and the list could go on and on and on of events and things that have caused many, yes, yes, any, even many people of faith to panic. Some have even lost their faith. And a host of saints today are are definitely struggling in their faith. For them, it has been too much, too often, for too long. But for others, but for others, they have chosen to pray. Pray. 
rather than to panic. Oh, yes, they too are tired of all the chaos. They are tired also of all of the drama. They too are ready to get all of this craziness behind us, but they remain strong. They remain strong, not because they are strong, but because they draw strength from the strong one. See, I'm not strong, and because I'm not strong, I must draw my strength from one who is. We're still talking about the facts, and the facts are what was prophesied to happen is happening. The fact is some people panic and some people pray, and the third fact is today is a day for preparation. Today is a day for preparation. James chapter 5 and verse number 8 says, Be patient and stand firm because the coming of the Lord is at hand. Hear me this morning, today is not a day for playing church. It's not a day for playing church. It's not a day for being nonchalant and indifferent about the things of the Lord. It's not a day to be inconsistent. It's not a day to be hit or miss with with reading our Bible and spending time in prayer and, and, and coming to the house of God. It's not a day. It's not a day to be flippant about these things. But it's a day to get our house in order. I said it's a day to get our house in order. It's a day to get right with God in every area of our life. Because Jesus is coming back. Well, that's good news for some. But bad news for most. For some of us, that brings joy, and it brings anticipation, and it brings hope, and it's a wonderful thing, and it is a great thing for those that are prepared, but hear me this morning, most are unprepared, and it's not going to be a good day for them. Because according to Scripture, only those who are prepared will be glad to see him when he comes. These, my friends, are the facts. Second thing I want to talk about this morning, I want to talk about the fear. The fear. Friend, God wants us full of faith, not full of fear. Wants us full of faith, not full of fear. I want to say three things about fear this morning. Number one, fear comes through misunderstanding. Fear comes through misunderstanding. See, we tend to fear what we don't understand. Now, we've never lived through days like today. Now, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. Solomon said what is is a repeat of what was. And that is true, Solomon, but it's new to us. It may not be new to the world. It may not be new to mankind, but it's new to me. How about you? It's new to us. And because we have never experienced it, it could scare us. It could cause us to become anxious. It could even cause us to become fearful if we allow it. And many have. You know, even reading some parts of the Bible, if we don't understand it, could cause us fear. Evidently, you hadn't read your Bible. You'd say amen. <laughs> like the book of the Revelation. Man, there's some bad stuff in that book. There's some scary stuff in that book. Like the mark of the beast. Now, some are afraid they're going to be tricked into taking it 
and then they're going to be doomed. Nope. Nope, you cannot be tricked into taking the mark of the beast and you cannot take it accidentally. So stop worrying about the mark of the beast. If you're a saint, if you're a child of God, stop worrying about it. They're not going to slip it on you or in you somehow. It ain't happening. Those who take the mark of the beast will take it of their own free will. They will know what they are doing. The good news is if you're serving the Lord, if you're serving the Lord, you don't even have to think about the mark of the beast. You don't even have to worry about the mark of the beast because Jesus is coming. He's coming for his church and he's coming before the mark of the beast takes place. So all you got to do is just be ready. I used to preach a sermon, everything you need to know about Bible prophecy. And I preached it in one 30-minute sermon. And I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about Bible prophecy. Everything you need to know about Bible prophecy is Jesus is coming. And you better be ready. And if you know Jesus is coming, and if you are ready, that's all. I'm not saying it's not interesting. I'm not, th- I'm not saying we shouldn't study it. I- I'm, not, I'm just telling you that all we really need to do is get prepared. All we really need to do is live for Jesus. All we really need to do is love the Lord, and he'll take care of everything else, and he'll take care of us. Didn't know I was so studious in Bible prophecy, did you? Yeah, just be ready. Just be ready. Stay prayed up, packed up. And if you stay prayed up and packed up, you will go up and you're going to leave this world and you're going to leave the coming tribulation behind. Now, if you think we're going through the tribulation, you hang around as long as you want to. You do what you want to anyway. I tell you what the word of God says and you do what you want to anyway. But I'm telling you, you want to hang around a while, hang around if you want to, but I'm out on the first load. How many want to go with me? Amen. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 9, he says, the saints have not been appointed for wrath. The saints, the children, the people of God have not been appointed for wrath. What is the great tribulation period about? It's about the wrath of God. Well, the saints have not been appointed to wrath. That's not the appointment we have. We have an appointment with his coming. The wrath of God is going to be poured out on sinners, not on saints. Read the Bible. God always protects the righteous. He had Noah build an ark, a big boat, and God God shut him and his family safely in. They were in, and the door was shut and locked. God put Noah in that ark and in that boat and his family before the rain started and the flood came. God sent an angel to get Lot and his family out of Sodom before the fire and brimstone, wrath, judgment of God fell. I'm telling you, we have not been appointed under wrath, amen? It's it's what God has planned for the sinner, not the saint. And listen to me, listen to me, God is going to send Jesus to gather his church and take them to heaven before he pours out his wrath on planet earth in the great tribulation. Don't allow fear to come because fear comes back from misunderstanding. Not only does fear come through misunderstanding, but also fear comes through mistrust. 
Now, trust is a real struggle today. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? The Democrats say you can't trust the Republicans. The Republicans say you can't trust the Democrats. CNN says you can't trust Fox. Fox says you can't trust CNN. The vaxxers say you are selfish if you don't vax. And the anti-vaxxers say it's not safe to vax. Who do you trust? Trust is a real struggle. It's a real issue today. Hello? Who do you trust? Because everyone has an agenda. You heard me. Everyone has an agenda. Some have pure motives, but they still have an agenda. Others have impure motives, and they have an agenda. Who do, who do you trust? No wonder there's so much fear today. Oh, pastor, who do we trust? I tell you who you trust. You trust God. (laughs) You trust God. Oh, Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4 says, you will keep in perfect peace. Oh, doesn't that sound good, perfect peace? You will keep in perfect peace. Who is going to be kept in perfect peace? All who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. But not only does fear come through misunderstanding, not only does fear come through mistrust, but, but fear comes through misplaced hope. Misplaced hope. See, see, people aim their hope in the wrong direction and then they're disappointed and even become fearful of their fate when, when uh, their hopes are crushed. Hear me this morning. Hope must always be aimed vertically and never horizontally. Because man is going to fail us. Man will fail us, but God will never fail And when man has exhausted all of his abilities and come up short, we still have hope in God. Oh, I love 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse number 12. King Jehoshaphat says here, he says, we are powerless over this situation and we have no clue what we should do. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that prayer the last 18 months. God, this one's trying to pull me this way and this one's trying to pull me that way and this one's telling me I'm this if I do this and I'm that if I do that and I'm whatever. God, God, I, I'm powerless over the situation, God. God, I'm getting shoot by, shot by both sides. I don't know what to do, God. God, I have no idea what we ought to be doing, God. God, I, I'm powerless. We're powerless over this situation. Oh, I have no clue what we should do. But he said... He said, we're powerless over this situation and have no clue what we should do. He said, but our eyes, (laughs) but our eyes are on you, Lord. Our eyes are on you, Lord. We're reaching out to you for help. Oh, hear me, church. Our hope is not in people. Our 
hope is not in people. Our hope is not in physicians or politicians. It's not in government or grants. It's not in programs or policies. Our only real hope, our only dependable hope is the Lord our God. I'm telling you this morning, I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be afraid. Amen. I don't have to depend upon my government. I don't have to depend upon some politician. I don't have to depend upon the physician when one is telling me one thing and another who has the same credentials as he does is telling me the opposite. But I don't have to fear this morning because I'm not looking to that physician. Oh, I'm not saying physicians are bad. Thank God for them. And I go to them about once every decade. <laughs> Come on. That's just the truth, but it shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> but my hope is not in the doctor. It's not in the miracle cure. My hope is in the Lord. I mean, no fear is a sign of the times. All right, we've talked about the facts. We've talked about the fear. Now let's talk a little bit about the faith. The faith. In Luke chapter 22, things are quickly winding down for Jesus. Wouldn't be long and he would be betrayed by Judas. He would be arrested on false charges. He would be sentenced to die. Be no longer popular to be identified with him. The crowds of 20 and 30,000 are no longer around. No longer popular to be identified with Jesus. Rather, it would be very costly to align yourself with him. It would take strong faith to endure what was coming. And in verses 31 and 32, Jesus says to Peter, Satan wants to try your faith. But I prayed for you. Do you know Jesus is praying for you? You're praying to Jesus. Jesus is praying for you. The Bible says he sits on the right hand of the Father making intercession for the saints. Jesus said to Peter, Satan wants to try your faith. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Friends, the signs of the times tell us that we are nearing the end. We are living in the end times. And Satan is going to try us, and he is trying us. He's trying us like never before. Will our faith stand the test? Friend, our faith needs to increase, not decrease. We need God more, not less. We need faith for two things. First of all, we need faith to hold on. Faith to hold on. Hold on to two things. First of all, we need to hold on to the Scripture. Hear me. Today is not the day to doubt the Scriptures. Today is not the day to debate the Scriptures. Today is a day to cling to them. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 tells us that all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good But not only should we hold on to the scriptures, but also we need to hold on 
to the Savior. Friends, Jesus is our only hope. He's our only hope both for this life and for the life to come. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one gets to the Father unless they come through me. We need faith to hold on. And we need faith to hold out. Hold out, first of all, for the truth. Proverbs 23 and verse 23 says, Buy the truth and never sell it. Oh, friends, never sell out. Listen, we're too close to the end. We're too close to the coming of the Lord. Heaven is too near, friend. Never sell out. Never give in to the pressures of our day. Oh, the pressure to compromise the truth. Oh, oh, I encourage you today, stay with the truth. Stand for the truth. Saturate yourself with the truth. Ask God to increase your faith, to give you enough faith to hold out. To hold out for the truth. And for the triumph at the end. Yeah, the triumph at the end. Hear me, saints. I, I don't care how it might look right now. I said, I don't care how it might look right now. It might not look real good right now, but I don't care how it might look right now. We're on the winning team. We're on the winning team. We win in the end. Oh, the score might not look very promising right now, but like Yogi Berra said, it ain't over until it's over. And when it's over, when all is said and done, at the end of the day, we win. We win. We win. I remember when I was in sixth grade, I always made sure I got on Larry's team because Larry was faster and Larry was tougher than any kid in the sixth grade. And so I I was second, but uh, no. (laughs) I made sure I got on Larry's team because I knew. I knew if I got on Larry's team, I knew. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Because Larry always won. So I always made sure I got on Larry's team. Listen, I don't know about the count this morning. I don't know about the score. I don't know this morning how it may look this morning. But I also, I do know, I'm not on Larry's team today. I'm on Jesus' team. I'm on Jesus' team. And Jesus always wins. It doesn't matter if you're down. It doesn't matter, oh, what things look like. As long as you're on on Jesus' team, you're going to win in the end. Hallelujah. Amen. Old time preacher came out there. All right. Okay. That's all right. It's all right. Done pretty good for 49 years. Second Corinthians 2 and 14 says, thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The takeaway for the message today is this. Face your fear with faith. Face your fear with faith. Faith, your future. Faith, your future. Pastor, you know what your future is? No, not really. But I got faith for it. How do I, why do I have faith for it? Because 
I've been a few places, done a few things, and God's always been there with me, and he's always helped me. And the God that's been, that was with me back there, and the God is with me right now, is gonna be with me way out there. Amen. Faith, your future. Put your future by faith in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we love you today. Lord, we see the signs of the times everywhere, everywhere we look. Predicted thousands of years ago. Way back there in that Old Testament, there's as much prophecy back there as there is anything else. New Testament. Scripture we read today, written... 2,000 years or so ago describes the very day that we're living today. God, help us today not to live in fear, but to live in faith.